Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Um, it's been such a privilege to be here this weekend. And yeah, if you want to find out more about the work of City Hearts, all you need to do is Google City Hearts Global and you can see what we do. But we've had the privilege of rescuing over four and a half thousand people in the last five years. So it's quite amazing what God's given us the privilege of doing. But um, I've completely changed. Oh, perfect. I was looking behind to see what they'd found for me. I changed in the break what I was going to speak on, and they said they'd find me a donkey. (laughs) And isn't this the donkey caught from Shrek? That is one of my absolutely favorite movies ever. (laughs) So that's fantastic. Um, Because it just struck me during the break and in this service that sometimes we underestimate the power of what God can do in a moment. And we can, we, you've got no idea what God might do in your life today. You've got, you've got no idea what God might be doing regarding your life right now. And I think we need to raise our expectations about what God does in the everyday. Just in the everyday, which is basically I could call the altar call now because that was my message in a sentence. Done. Let's go and have lunch. Anyway. Um, have you ever come to a place in life where you've done it all and you've just had enough? I know it's only me because only British and Australian people do that. Canadian Christians are never like that, right? You've never come, because I'm sort of a half-breed now. I've been in, I was born in Australia, lived there 25 years, and now I've lived in England 27 years, which actually officially makes me more British, but I'm not really because I've still really only got an Australian passport, but I don't know why I'm saying that. But anyway, um, you've just come to a place sometimes that you had enough. And when we get there, we think that the condition is unique to us. We think that there's nobody else on the planet that could possibly ever have felt the way we feel about our life and our faith. But I want to speak to you this morning for a moment about a very famous prophet called Elijah. And he'd been out doing his day job, and he'd been busy slaying the prophets of Baal. He'd been quite successful at slaying. I think if you moved into this part of the world, you'd find that your pastor was quite successful at slaying beasts of very, yes, yes. Listen, an Australian and British mind can't compute this. Uh, the The only way I can relate to all this hunting thing is going shooting ruse out in the outback. See, then you can't relate to that, can you? But, you know, but the prophet of Baal, he'd been, listen, is anybody out there? Yeah, yeah, there, I've got it, just check. So, so Elijah had been out doing his day job, quite successful, slaying the prophets of Baal, busy carrying the anointing on his life, and then Elijah got scared. I find it quite amusing, he got, actually got scared, he got threatened by a woman. Yeah, that was too loud. It was the guys that were supposed to say that. (laughs) He got threatened by a woman, and he found himself running away and hiding. So I'm just going to read this story about Elijah here in 1 Kings. (laughs) Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life from a woman. 
And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. And he came to a broom tree and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. It wasn't a good day, was it? (laughs) He prayed he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. I love that. So he took the provision from the Lord and then thought, sod it, I'm going back to sleep. So then he went to sleep again. And then the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him. Don't you love the way the Holy Spirit comes back a second time? Don't you love the way the Holy Spirit comes back a second time? There's an anointing on those lines for us this morning. The Holy Spirit comes back again and again, and again, and again. However many times we've failed, he comes back and beckons us again because he wants to know us. <laughs> and the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and strengthened by that food, he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into the cave and spent the night. Many of us have been known to condemn Elijah for this, but he was only there because he was tired. And a woman was chasing him. And his day job had zapped him of strength for the journey. And what I love about this is there was no condemnation for this, just encouragement and provision. Do you know, sometimes Christians, we are the only variety that shoot our wounded. But God the Holy Spirit comes with encouragement and provision. And even when God came and encouraged and provided him, and then he thought, no, I want to die and lay down again, the Holy Spirit came back again and came with encouragement and provision. What a wonderful father we have. He knows that we are made of dust. He knows that we have times in our lives when we need encouragement and provision, and he comes and he comes and he comes again. He didn't shear off at this point, but the scripture says he found strength in the provision of God. And we read on about how this provision which God gave him in the most unusual way. And so I want to speak to you about the bigness of smallness. This is really unique this morning because I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a preacher. But this morning God's wanting me to be more of a preacher in this moment. So Elijah finds himself on a mountain in the presence of the Lord, awaiting word, a direction, and a sense of purpose. Don't we many times in our lives we come around again 
and we find ourselves in the presence of the Lord asking God for a word, for direction, for a sense of purpose, for a way to go. And I'm going to read this next passage, if you just put it up on the screen, from 1 Kings 19, verse 11 to 12. And we know this passage really well. So the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, if we could keep going the next couple of verses. No? After the fire came a gentle whisper. And the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus where you get there. Anoint Hazel king over Aram. Just one more verse. It's okay. Elijah had known the amazing and the eventful and the sensational. And it come to the point when he lost the energy to continue. And his future sustenance and direction did not come out of the sensational. It didn't come out of a eureka moment when every bell rang and all the ducks were neatly lined in a row. If I know anything about the ducks in my life, they're usually not neat or attractive. Most of the ducks in my life <laughs> have lost feathers and have a wonky leg and are never lined up neatly. It's amazing this passage of scripture talks about the fact that Elijah was hidden in a cleft in the rock. And it says he, he was hidden. He said he was hidden, he was covered by God's hand. And it's interesting when we find ourselves in a place where we're looking for direction and purpose, sometimes all we can see is the back of God's hand because we're hidden in the rock. And then when his hand is taken off, we can't see his face, we just see his back. And we see that he is taking us somewhere and all we can do is follow and we don't really know where we're going. And it wasn't loud and it's not sensational. But the direction of God is never found in the loud and the sensational. It came in a moment of quiet and a moment of stillness and a moment of smallness. And we dismiss smallness as inconsequence and miss the essence and direction of the future God wants to take us into. Do you know when we left Australia in 1991, nobody asked us to go and nobody supported us to go. And we went to a country where we knew nobody because of a still small voice. Nobody ever came in to our church, a big prophet in a large cloak, and prophesied, you shall become, start city hearts and you shall have 130 staff and represent the church in governments. No. In actual fact, I was being 
followed by a number of people who wanted me to start a home for another very large organization. And God the Holy Spirit told me not to and said, you need to start yourself. There was no band. There was no marching band and dancing girls. In actual fact, I was ostracized for my decision to listen to a still small voice. But the still small voice held consequence in it and substance. And don't dismiss the still small voice in your life. Don't dismiss it as something irrelevant because God builds upon conviction in our hearts and in our lives. When God said to me about starting City Hearts, it wasn't celebrated. It had no bells and whistles. But now at this day, it's been recognized in Downing Street and celebrated by the British Slavery Commissioner, and it's always expanding. Little voice, big purpose. Do you know I find in the Word of God, it's interesting, and it said, and God said, let it be. It wasn't an entire worship song. There wasn't a leader. There wasn't like Darlene check up here in a flowing gown. All God said was let it be and it was. Don't dismiss smallness as inconsequence. And don't dismiss the normal of your everyday as something that God cannot land upon. You can wait for the sweeping abundance and miss this still small voice that houses a big future. Sometimes what is yelling at you is not the way. I remember my mum saying to me, Jenny, you don't need to shout to get my attention. We see this same thing again in John chapter 12, verse 12 to 16. It says that Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. This wasn't a large white stallion. This wasn't one of your big Canadian muscle cars. You know, like, do you know if you got one of those trucks on a Sheffield road, you would uh, fill the entire road both sides. <laughs> and the wheels that stuck out the side would run over the pedestrians. I love your trucks. <laughs> the purpose of God was outworked on the back of the unexpected. Everybody would have thought that Jesus would have entered into Jerusalem on the best available mode of transport. And he came in on Shrek. Well, Shrek's friend. He came in on the back of a donkey. Nobody would have assumed that God would have landed on you. Who would have thought that the purpose of God would have landed on me, the baby of a gang rape from the back of Brisbane? Who would have thought? But God places his anointing on the unexpected and the unassuming and the unwanted and the unloved and the very thing that people think God can, can't use. Does anything good come now out of Nazareth? Yes, it does. His purpose 
For Jesus was outworked on the back of the unassuming. His purpose was outworked on the back of the little rather than the large. The purpose of God was carried along, not shouting, not blazing, but quiet and slow. That's why I know in this meeting that is very quiet. I'll be very interested to hear the stories of what God does out of this service. Sometimes we look for God in the planets aligning and we overlook the donkey of the everyday. The signs and the wonders in our normal day that we overlook searching for the sensational. Even today, God is outworking his covenant and his purpose for you in the little unassuming things that combine together to house the big. All the little unassuming things that God puts together every day, that little by little house the big. Even today, God's tent of protection is over you and his will has been worked out through you. We would not panic about the future if we knew God was already outworking it in the unsensational guise of the normal, the donkey of normality, the plan of God in a normal day. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. I am very quiet. Nobody really believes this, but it is true. I'm very quiet. And um, for many years, Christendom couldn't work me out because they thought, well, she's boring. She's not charismatic. She's quiet. And I was never the grand sensational act, nor would I try to be. I love nothing better than sitting in a shopping mall and just watching people. It's fabulous. Or going to a party and just sitting on the side and watching and everybody thinks I've got something, there's something wrong because I'm quiet. No, I'm just enjoying myself. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm very quiet. I've never, I've never pushed doors. I've just walked through doors. Just walked quietly and unassuming. Last year, I find myself in TBN London recording my own TV show. And I thought, what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> but I say that to say that that will be your story. As you walk through the daily, normal, boring day, you'll find yourself seated amongst kings. When you don't try to be anybody but whom God has created you to be, happy and settled in who you are, then the donkey of normality and the power of God comes and settles on boring little you. And you find yourself walking through a door into destiny that you did not create, but the King of Heaven created for you.
does anything good come out of Nazareth? Somebody made a comment to my husband the other day. Let me paint a little bit. For those of you that don't know my husband, he is a delightful human being. That laugh basically said it all. He's very quirky and unusual and has never really fitted the Christian community and really, I think, was designed for large cities. He's a city guy, likes the big city, and he lives in Sheffield. And my husband, when he went to university, he studied to be a civil engineer. And I wouldn't walk over one of his bridges. (laughs) But the reason he went to become a civil engineer was because he wasn't a Christian when he went to Sydney University and he became a Christian whilst at Sydney University. And then roll on a couple of years later, he ends up as youth pastor in Brisbane in an office that looked over a field with a half-dead horse. And he used to look, I'm going somewhere, He used to look out of the window of the office at the half-dead horse and think, what on earth am I doing here? God, what have you done with me? And someone said to him then, of course, now we're on the other side of the world and and we're in Ghana. Ghana, yeah, yeah, that's okay. (laughs) Just the other side of Africa, but (laughs) hey-ho, who cares? There's a donkey, yeah? <laughs> and someone said to him the other day, because he's a very intelligent man, with, he, he thinks about stuff that I just think, where, what planet are you on? Someone said to him the other day, he said, what are you doing living in Sheffield? This was a Christian leader. What are you doing living in Sheffield? doesn't seem like the God place for you. Yeah. And I thought to myself the same old thing. Does anything good come out of Nazareth? God takes the most unassuming places. Oh, I'm prophesying now. This is, this is a really odd meeting. Because there's just a still, quiet assurance in this meeting. The first one was slam, bam, jump over your seats. This one is... Steady Eddie. But the reason it's Steady Eddie is God is trying to make you understand that there is an anointing on your every day. Who knew when I said, all right, God, okay, then I'll have one person live in my house with bulimia and I'll kick her out of bed in the morning and make her go to work. Who knew it would turn into city huts? I didn't. I just decided to wrap around God's intention. And there are some of you here today that need to again decide to wrap your heart around God's intention, around the normality that's in your world. You think, there's actually someone here right now and you think you've got to fly here or fly there or go somewhere else to be a somebody. And God's challenging you to put your feet under the table of this house and not move. 
And that's a big deal. Because in the heart of man, all of us want to be a somebody and go somewhere and be given attention. Unless you're me, that's the last thing I ever wanted and now I've got lots of it. I want you to stand with me just quietly. And you can remember this for the oddest Sunday morning service you ever had. And I want you to close your eyes and hold in your hand the normal thing that really annoys you. Now, if it's your partner, don't look at them. I can't say my husband's a normal thing because he's not. He's a, he is a fruitcake. Father, you see right now the everyday, the boring, the frustrations, the things that are in our lives, Lord God, that just look so normal. And you think, God, how would you ever come and anoint that? But I pray right now, breath of the Holy Spirit, come and ride into Jerusalem on the back of the unassuming. Holy Spirit, you're here right now. I pray that you would give courage where there has been discourage, men. I pray, Lord God, that where someone has looked at their life and thought, well, this is nothing. I pray that you would breathe your breath right now on the little nothing. And Father, I thank you that this house, Lord God, is a little bit like when people would say, does anything good come out of Nazareth? Yes, it does. World-changing things come out of places that nobody looks at. Thank you for the world-changing anointing that is on this house. I thank you, Lord God, that your eye is on this house. Father, I pray for Lorne and for Kelly today. I thank you, Lord God, that neither of them need to be anything other than they are. But your hand comes, Lord God, and you place an anointing upon them for the next season. Do not fear, Lord and Kelly, what is ahead of you. But God would say, I would take you to encourage leaders who have lost the ability to lead because of discouragement. And you will just sit with them. You won't even really need to say much, but you will sit with them and they will be encouraged. You do not need to be anything but who you are. But God says he comes and lands an anointing upon you to encourage others. And you will look back in 10 and 20 years and you will see leaders all over the planet that have been birthed out of your ability just to sit quietly and encourage Father, I thank you for that which is being birthed out of this house. Father, I thank you for that which is being birthed 
out of that which is in our hands as we hold them in front of you today. I thank you for the influence. I thank you for the corridors of power that you will take those who see again today their vocation as a donkey of normality upon which you can ride into Jerusalem. Thank you for your stillness. In Jesus' name. Look at me. Do you know why I feel permission to do this crazy thing I've done this morning? Because I feel the permission of your pastors, which is truly precious. Truly, truly precious. Because they've given me permission to be me. And I, I just don't feel today, I'm not going to do any more, because I feel the Holy Spirit wants to land on your normal. And as you go into your week this week, Holy Spirit's going to land on what you thought he could never use. I'll tell you one little story, and then I'll, I'm going to ask the pastor to come and just do an altar call. Um, my son was really, really bullied when he was at school. Long story. We moved house a couple of, and he had one incredible teacher, Mrs. Cottom. And we moved house about 18 months ago, and who should live across the road but Mrs. Cottom's daughter? Just the normal stuff, and I said, oh, you taught my son. And I thought she was going to say, oh, yeah, he was nuts. But she said, um, he was the kindest boy I ever taught. That's enough for a mother's heart, isn't it? And so then Mrs. Cottom came and said, I'd like to volunteer to work for City Hearts as a volunteer. And then three weeks ago, Mrs. Cottom's daughter came to church with me and gave a heart to the Lord. You never know what God can do with just your normal. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you, Jenny. Most of all, for um, being um, just you and genuine and willing to adjust to the atmosphere as it changes. It, it is true, it, different services have different um, presence to them. And um, we could, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't wanna do too much more, because I think I might mess up what's already been done. So if you would like, anyone wants prayer, we got a prayer team. Otherwise, I think you should just go have a great Mother's Day and, and um, I think that's about it. <laughs> so, um, I usually nudge Lauren and say, get up there and say this. <laughs> so he's got up there and said nothing. Um, <laughs> 
That's right. No, but I, I do believe that there's people here that um, they feel they've missed the first time around. Yes. That they've missed the first normal. But like Pastor Jenny said, he's here again. He's here again. And so I think that is the altar call today, is um, if the prayer team would come forward. But that if you feel you've missed the first time around, that he wants to assure you that there's a second time, and there's a third time, and there's a fourth time, but that you haven't missed it. So now I'll give it to you. Come on. So come on up. That's you. Come on up. Father, I thank you that when you begin something, you remind us that you'll finish it because you're not just an author of stuff. You're a finisher. Thank you for using every experience that not one experience will go be wasted or overlooked. Today, in the name of Jesus, we, com we recommission each one of these with the very purpose of God. And we thank you, Lord, for a fresh breath that, blow, that blows away the dust and contamination of our own consciences. And from this day forward, Lord, we walk in newness of life, recommission and repurposes for your kingdom glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great day.